Hola Tom, hola Steve, tengan un excelente programa, ustedes siempre me hacen reír, están locos. All right, you ready? Ready. All right. Welcome everybody to the Masters of Profundication. I'm Tom with them. I'm Steve Files. And we have something very special for you today, something that I've wanted to talk about for a long time. And we finally got an opportunity to experience it. And now we're here to talk about it. I think we should explain what it is really quick because some imaginations are running wild right now. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, today we got to do an escape room. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. And... Uh, what is a what is an escape room, Steve? So I I feel like this is a fairly new phenomenon within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's, I've never heard of it before in the last couple of years. But basically, you pay money to get locked in a room, <laughs> and then you <laughs> have to try to figure out how to get out. Try and figure out. Um, now, there's probably a sexy version out there that we didn't try, but we did not do any kind of right naughty escape room. There was no <laughs> safe words. I guarantee there's an, a naughty escape room somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that you have to pay to get into. There's probably yeah. a, a ton you don't have to pay to get into, but <laughs> if you just know the right people uh, or have some open-minded friends, yeah, sure, why not? So, so yeah, you uh, you, you go to this whatever company, whatever business is running these, and you pay your money, you make an appointment, go in. Hopefully, you can gather some friends with you because it's going to be kind of rough by yourself, or they might stick you with a bunch of strangers, which is okay. Friends are okay. Friends are good. Friends Making are new friends. I didn't find this to be too cost prohibitive. No, twenty bucks is what we paid. Twenty dollars to get in uh, for an hour plus. Uh, there's a little bit of a very little intro. There. Oh my god, the, <laughs> the learning curve is like, hey, here you go, do it, do it. Yeah, you're in a room. There's clues. Bye. The one Goodbye. we went to it was uh, what was it called the saloon, right? Yeah, the saloon, and it was it was, it was like a, a modern Wild West, I guess. Yeah, what they were. I mean, there was, there was a telephone, a telephone <laughs> which is, it was designed to look like one of those old timey phones, but even then That's the wild West didn't have any form of telephone. So no, um, but and it wasn't uh, that old timey. It wasn't like the, you know, you take the receiver off the end, you had the cord, you cop the operator, like the original phones were, this was actually yeah. like, Hey, dial seven digit number. <laughs> yeah. A push button push dial in the 1800s. Push button, yeah. push button so there's dial a little anachronism on my... So they to, back, to do what they had to do. Backing up just a little bit, there was a theme. We had two choices. We could do the Pharaoh's Tomb, which was uh, archaeological Egyptian pyramid uh, escape room. And then the saloon, which was uh, Wild West style. Right. And having just come off watching Westworld. Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> like we all three of us were like, yep, Westworld theme, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we decided we were going to do the saloon. And just the of hot robots, but yeah, we got over it. Right. I mean, there wouldn't have been a lot of time for robot sex in there anyway. We could have made time. Well, I mean, if you... <laughs> There's always time for robot sex. That's right. <laughs> but uh, so there was a, a little fictional town called Copperhead Creek, and there was a saloon, and we got locked in, and... There was a gentleman who was keeping us locked in because he needed to go like retrieve some deeds in order yeah. to there was a very, very loose storyline. Yeah. Almost almost 
like inconsequential. He was like a prospector, and he had to he had to take an hour to get some deeds. And I'm not sure where we honestly the the video. One of the if I had to rate them, I would thumbs down this one because the video I could barely understand because the music was too loud in the background. The well, the production value on the video was very low. <laughs> well, yes, and I understand that they just probably got one of their buddies in there to throw a costume on and film it, which is fine. I get that. That's not what it's about. Right. But I just couldn't understand half of what he said because the music kept playing in the background. Right. So basically, we received zero information from this. What, no clues. What, yeah, never. No, just a theme. No clues from the, and I. I don't want. I really stopped short of calling it a, an instruction video. It was more along the lines of, uh, "Hey, uh, you're stuck in here, and in an hour, I'm going to be back. And if you're not out of here in an hour, right." Here's you know. the ambiance. Here's the backstory. Yeah. Now you feel like you're in the Wild West, right? Even though there was a humidifier in the corner. And... <laughs> right. There was a heater. It was a <laughs> yeah, balmy yeah. 66 degrees. Um, but I think to back it up even further, these escape rooms are designed for larger groups of people. They, ten people, right? They allow 10 people, and there were three of us. Yeah. So I'll probably say it again, but really we were doing the work of 10 people. There were three of us doing the work of there 10 There were three people. of us when we got there. We expected to be paired with other people, like another group or whoever. And they told us there was a group of four that was going to be joining us. They, they never showed. Show. They never showed. So really, um, we went into the room, just the three of us, and all we had for information we should- was... Just mention the three of us is you, me, and then our friend. Our friend Rob. Rob, yeah. Our, our friend Rob was with us. Um, who at some point in time we'll probably have on an episode. He seems to be pretty receptive to this type of medium. So we'll we'll have him on at some point. He will be insightful and fruitful. Yeah. Or he's else. Very like minded. <laughs> yeah. Um so we we head into the room, which, you know, for a company that just kind of pops up like that. I don't think they did a terrible job, but the best way I can describe it is it's it was the equivalent to one of those uh, Smokey's Greater Shows trailers that they, you know, the fair that shows up and they have these haunted houses that... Right, you know, right. <laughs> if somebody were to, you know, damage something, they wouldn't really care because there's not a lot of work that goes into it. But in they fairness... Did. In fairness, yeah. it was it was good enough to get the job done. And they do tell you, like some ground rules, you know, you don't have to break anything. You know, you can get the clues without having to like smash open a barrel or yep, break there a was, window or anything like that. Uh, one of the actually one of the rules about going in is no brute force. Right, don't break anything. Yep. Um. So I'll go over the rules when you walk in. Uh, no cameras. They don't want you taking pictures, so you can share them online and help other people do the room. Uh, no, right now I will say I think we are going to spoil this stuff. <laughs> I will do my best to not give anything away that would be so. I don't know. I, I'll try not to give it away. So if somebody yeah, decided to, we could tiptoe around it. And we'll, I will definitely say that there will be some things. Spoiler alert: there will be some things that if you want to a- attempt this uh, escape room after yeah. listening to this podcast, you'll probably have a way big head start. But <laughs> we uh, did not have. I I won't give you any of the specifics. Well, and I we lie can... there too. I want to give one specific because I there's there exactly. is something I want to talk about that. Um, well, you'll know you'll know when you hear it. I won't play a sound, but you'll just know it when you hear. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, no cameras. Um, this noise. And yeah. you want to change. <laughs> 
plug your ears. Uh, no cameras. Uh, you get three hints. Yeah, they give us a, a radio, that, a two-way radio. There's a, there's a two-way radio, and this is incredibly important because when I was going in, I wanted to avoid doing the hints at all costs. I wanted to avoid yep. the hints. I I went so into that I, room. I really wanted to do without the hints. Uh, I wanted to walk in that room. I wanted to solve it on our own without any hints, and I wanted to walk out of there. That's what I wanted. I wanted to make yep. the time. So no food or drink. Um, and they did let us bring in our cell phones if we wanted to, but it really... You don't need a cell phone. You don't need a cell phone. It came in handy once when uh, we needed a calcul- Excuse me, a calculator. Um, even then, I'm even fully then, confident I could have done it in my head without... <laughs> one, of, and, one of the math problems I did do in my head. So Yes. And so there's one little spoiler. Is there, there is math involved. Um, and it's That's not... not a spoiler because it is like blatantly like, here's this... <laughs> Formula, what's the answer? I mean, it's right there, so it's not, yeah. it's not exactly a spoiler. And, and um, they even say it there. It's written up on the wall. Think Clue, like the game Clue, unless something scary. It, it's not going to... They do have scary escape rooms that are designed to kind of get your fears going. This one is not one of them. As a matter of fact, this company doesn't even have. Yeah, as I say, in that they exist, but this, this, and that, like when we got there, there was a bunch of children in the. Um, yeah. Ferris tomb or whatever it was. Yeah. The minimum age is twelve. Right, and you could hear them. They were having a good time. So yeah, guess, and they weren't leaving puddles everywhere. Right. So um, we go in, and there are certain things that are obviously a clue. And then there are things that could be a clue, but you're not sure. Red herrings. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. One, you could you could almost call this saloon subtitle, fun with padlocks, because it was padlocks everywhere. To be perfectly honest, uh, that to me was kind of like, it was, a, it was a little bit of a disappointment simply because, I, and I understand it, that's really the only way they're going to be able to trap anybody and, and lock anybody out of certain information. It was less a treasure hunt where you had to know, like I was expecting to have to know certain things, like random bits of trivia. I don't know why I thought that, Yeah, but I, I kind of half expected this to be one of those, like a riddle. Yes, I thought there were going to be riddles. Honestly, I did. Yep. I don't know it, why I was it, expecting it. I don't even know how you would work with riddles. So in their defense, there's really only one way to really keep people out of things and stuff like I that. Think, padlocks. I think by the end, what we should discuss is ways we would maybe, if we had our dream escape, escape room, what it would look like. But I will say this. there, I think there is a way to yeah. work with riddles. Just figure out a riddle. The answer, you know, if the answer is like, you know, a, a beach, then you can look around at a picture and say, okay, right. there's a beach in this picture. Or maybe there's a magazine you got to put to a picture of a beach. You know, something like that. Right. Well, um, right off the bat, we hit the ground running. And when we went into the room, there were only three of us. Like I said, it was designed for 10 people. Three people so, doing the job of 10, damn it. Yeah, so we had a lot of ground to cover. So we split up immediately. I went to the left. There was a jail cell to the left that you couldn't go into the jail cell. But there was a mirror up on the wall, and the mirror was reflecting something on the opposite wall, which was a combination. And that combination led us to uh, one of the tri- the chests, opened a padlock, and then inside that was probably the closest thing to a riddle. It was technically a word problem, a math problem. 
Um, and that math problem, then the answer to that was, was corresponded with pictures on the wall, which I, I kind of, I like that. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was a picture of, well, I'm just going to say, there's a picture of, um, racing horses, like horse race, yep. which is also <laughs> anachronistic because these are like modern right. horses. And each birth had a number on it, you know, from nine down to one with different colors, behind the numbers and the two pieces of paper in, in the first chest were a math problem that you had to figure out that I did pat on the back, <laughs> <laughs> even though some people disagreed with me, I had the right answer, but uh, <laughs> who disagreed with you? you? You both did at one point. Well, the only reason I disagreed, which I was correct was that you had the wrong color. No, no, I remember the actual number. Oh, the you number. Had a different idea what the number was. Going to be. Oh no. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that, that was a symptom. That wasn't me saying you were wrong. That was me saying, okay, it didn't work the first time. Let's go back to the drawing board. Right, right. We and know this is a thing, and it didn't work the first time, so how do we make it work? Because so, the number was only part of the answer. And then you had to look through a little slip of paper with different, how to say this without complete spoil, different colors that you had to correspond to that picture to get another part of a number that you had to use for something else. But it took us a while to figure out how to put those together. I think to that be, was a point. Yeah. We did use one of our clues on that. And I almost like we should have, it's not that we should have known it. It's that if we had a bigger group, somebody would have come up with that. Like there would have been enough spitballing where somebody would have tried that. The problem with that was the way it was written on the slip. It almost looked like another math problem. So the, the math, the answer that you came up with, and it looked like it was part of an equation to go along with the picture on the wall. So we were doing a second bit of math that was unnecessary. We did a lot of math that was unnecessary. Like yeah. I was doing with the, with the number I came up with, I was looking at the picture on the wall and doing a lot of like additions. Like, okay, this comes up with a five digit number. We, we, we use that. This is a six digit number, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And um, so we did end up using a, a hint there. I guess we can't say it was a waste because it, it worked. Yeah, um, it took us a, a couple tries through, but um, we had to utilize that number with an object in the room. And there were some keys that were basically laid out for us that didn't work in any of the locks that we had access to at the time. Yeah, there was a couple keys you walk in, like there's one attached to a barrel that was painfully obvious right off the bat. Yeah, but it didn't. We fit actually dragged the barrel. Yeah, we actually dragged the barrel around the room to make it fit into different keys, and it and <laughs> it didn't work. Locks. And then um, just by virtue of us moving stuff around, we also, we discovered um, mouse holes. holes, And in these mouse holes, there were little animals and the animals had numbers on them, but none of the numbers did anything in the places that they could do anything. So I don't know. It's the people that solved it up on the wall. There was a list of people who had solved it before us and the times that it had taken them. The people that had done it in 22 minutes, I'm I'm going to say, I'm not Was saying they cheated. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to say they cheated, but I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm pretty sure that that was probably a big group of 10 and somebody, at least one person, maybe multiple people had done an escape room before. Right. And not I, necessarily that one, but an escape room. And yeah. I And I feel like if we had just walked right across the room and then immediately gone into the Pharaoh's tomb, I think we would have crushed it. Right. I think I like, think we would have been able to do it a little bit easier knowing what we knew coming out of that room. 
Oh, something crazy. Like, we were trying to think of what order the ad, like, we took those animals out of the mouse holes. Like, okay, what order do we grab them? Like, what order would, right. you know. And little did we know there was going to be uh, a key, not a not a, a physical key, like a piece of paper. I guess that's a physical key. But um, there would be instructions on how to use those animals at a later time because something happened that we didn't notice. <laughs> Which was cool. It was, the thing that happened was the coolest part of the whole thing, I think. I agree. And I think that was you that figured Yeah, by accident. Oh, crap. That out, if you don't want to hear it. Um, there was a picture that went up in the frame that unlocked the little hatch that Pat or Rob actually spent a good four or five minutes trying to figure out how to open it without yeah, like, you know, on his own. Um, he yeah, was it was open, and we, I just, we were, at one point we were just kind of lost. We like, none of us had any clue what to do next. And then I kind of looked down, I was like, holy fuck, it's open. Like, yeah. none of us heard the, the panel open. It was, it was so completely silent. It was completely silent. What ended up, we had the guy at the end show us the the magic that happened, but there was a, it was magnetic and a magnetic release once you put the picture in the frame. So that opened, it gave us access to the jail cell and in the jail cell, it, it really just opened everything up for us. That's, that's probably where we did, you know, 50% of the work in the last, you know, oh, yeah. 15 minutes. In the last 15 minutes, we did the bulk of getting these padlocks open and i mean we had we had two padlocks on the wall off that secured the key to let us out of the room in that little period of time yeah we plowed through right there yeah that was that was huge and uh you know you wouldn't have been able to get through that whole scenario without getting into that jail cell so we were actually debating whether you needed to get in the jail cell at one point we weren't sure it was set up. It was it was set up with props in such a way that you couldn't see anything in there. It was just a cot with a blanket, and, and there was a master lock padlock that was kind of out of the normal. Because, it was shinier and newer and looked different than everything else. And it was it took a key that you know, it was almost all the padlocks required um, a combination, and here's one that needed a key, and that was strange. Because the yeah. other two keys, the other two keys went to like a bottle stopper and uh, a cash box. Yeah, it was that was hidden to us until the very end. So we almost thought that that was just a restricted area that we couldn't get into. Yeah, like you, you said, you could look through the bars and see that first combination. So it kind of like, oh, maybe that's all. Maybe that's all that's in there. And then when and that was, was open, was like a, inside the cell, there was a cot with a tray and a blanket. And as there's a half of you that's like, okay, does that mean something, or is that just for effect? You know, a little right. bit of background decoration. And in hindsight, there was a lot of stuff laying around that was just decoration. It it really had nothing think to was, do with it. Decoration, a lot of well, some of it was definitely decoration, but I think a lot of it was red herrings. Honestly, yeah. well, the there was dice. There was dice laid out right. in a pattern that looked like it should have been used and it wasn't. Yeah. Um, the wine, the uh, liquor bottles behind the bar were set up. They were separated in by color, and there was yep. like, you know, it was almost in a in such a pattern that it looked like it should have made sense. So I guess I that's actually added the cast of all the bottles to see if there was a number written inside a cap. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, that that would have been. 
that took you away from what we were doing. And had we had, you know, four more people there, somebody else could have, or at least somebody could have been wasting their time on those wine bottles or those yeah. alcohol bottles while somebody else could have been doing something else. Yeah. I mean, with a full 10 people, if everybody just kind of spreads and starts messing with stuff, especially knowing what we know now, yeah, that if you, you know, you didn't have to keep anything pristine and preserved. Like we were worried about, okay, keep it in the same way you found it so we can, because there might be something that means something. Right. And that's, that's a good point for future reference. Um, I don't think that they would put a concrete clues in at the whim of a 12 year old. Right. If a 12 year old walks in there and knocks those dice off the, or just walks right over and picks the dice up and then, Later on, you're looking for a clue. You know, you'd have adults say, "Okay, well, what were the num- You know, what were the numbers on those dice before you picked them up?" Well, if that's it, if that's your roadblock, and you're done, you're done. You're There's done. no, yeah, you would be no way. If there was no other way to get that clue other than those, was, dice, um, if you put them out of order, then that's it. You're done. There was a deck of cards, and I remember gingerly picking it up and going through it, making sure to keep every every single card in the exact same order as when they had it sitting there. But looking back, I'm thinking it was it wasn't just a deck of cards sitting there nice and it was like kind of spread, like you know, fanned out a little bit. Right. I'm like, okay, the person that set that up, if they set up in a certain way, would have to have been super careful if it, if the right. order mattered. And there's no way. And again, that's that's one of those things where if um, if uh, oh my computer is telling me to restart now, not gonna do it. You need to update update now. Java needs you. <laughs> but um if if a child put those out of order then you'd be screwed you you right. wouldn't ever make it out of there so i think that that would be less likely to i can't imagine an adult more of an adult oriented one that would have something like that like this is like bill it this way this is hardcore you know if you've done all the kitty escape rooms now come to the one where if you sneeze wrong you're gonna destroy a piece of evidence you need right something like that the iron man escape room yeah so yeah, but I, that would have its own frust- not frustrations, but I don't know how fun that would be. You know, can you imagine yeah. sitting there for an hour, banging your head on the wall because mm-hmm. you walked in and walked through the wrong spider web at the wrong time or some crap like that? Right. Yeah, it's that would be frustrating. Knock this thing off the shelf. I mean, we bumped this just the three of us. The, the place wasn't huge with just the three of us. We bumped into each other more than a few times. Moving yeah. Around. And, and some of that was just we were gawking at the walls. Yeah. And we'd trip over each other. But um. I, I think that if you walked in that room with a plan, with 10 people and a plan, you probably wouldn't have as much problem, as many problems bumping into each other and stuff if you could get people to stay on their own damn side. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I'll say it a million times. The prob- One of the problems we had was there was only three of us. So we spent a lot of our time following each other around and then piggybacking mm-hmm. off each other's clues because when i think back at it we all had our individual successes in that oh yeah each one of I us mean, had something that each none of the other two figured out each one of us brought something uh a clue to the table uh that was very helpful so um like Rod it, figured out the uh animals like you and me were sitting there going what does this mean and he's the one that put it together yeah yeah the animals and the numbers that that got put together um and i was i was kind of confused on that because there's yeah. there's a lot of math a lot of numbers a lot of padlocks so nothing you can't do in your head though i'll say this like we use that calculator once we, all, we didn't have to right we only use the calculator to confirm it and that was because the clock was ticking yeah and i mean it it had always been ticking but i mean we 
we spent a good, we wasted a good 25 minutes looking for things that didn't have any significance. Making it way more complex than it actually was. Like we read so much, me personally speaking, I was reading so much into everything. Like there was a picture on the wall that I stared at for at least cumulatively like five minutes. Yeah, that was the picture. The the two women. Yeah, the the two women and the babies up on the wall. It was like a metal, you know, octagon, (laughs) hexagonal. It was like, do we count the sides? Because this picture has six sides and all the other pictures have four sides. Or... Well, it was kind of weird. There's in the picture itself on the, like a fringe pattern, there was a couple of swastikas. I was trying to figure out that meant something or not. Yeah. I was like, huh, probably not important, probably not on purpose, but yeah, they, they probably went to some thrift store looking for something that yeah, looked exactly. antique. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was another thing with the ambiance. It, it did look very cheesy, very chintzy, a lot of stuff that you would find at like some sideshow antique right. place, like the the fake horse hoof that was on the on the yeah. shelf. A lot of little a, horse toys. Horse toys, a plastic shotgun that yeah. you know had zero significance. All the bottles were plastic. Yeah, it, it was only like a fake washboard sit on the table. Yeah, I looked at that like five or six times. There's anything on there? Yeah. So, I mean, at twenty bucks a pop. The maximum is 10. On a Saturday and Sunday, for sure, they're selling out. Now, regardless, those people didn't show up, but they paid. They paid. We, we yeah, had to pay ahead of time. And it was very clear there would be no no refunds under yep. very, very special circumstances would they offer a refund otherwise. So they have... I didn't, I didn't actually do the numbers, but they, on a Saturday, I think they had maybe 15. Does that sound right? I think they had about 15 or 16 slots open for the Pharaoh's Tomb and the Saloon. I don't really, yeah, I don't remember. But what's that? That sounds about right. Yeah, let's, let's, I mean. I mean, 15 a, slots at 20 bucks a slot, that's 300 bucks, so. Well, they have 10 slots open for 15 showings. Oh, okay. I, I guess. So, you know, that's, that's a solid eight hour day for the people that work there in between groups. So, I mean, you're talking. And I'll tell you what, the overhead is like non-existent. They're paying for, you know, space and that is it. They're paying for space. Uh, there were cameras in there and we were, yeah, can... they kind of let us behind the curtain a little bit. We, they really couldn't help it because they were sitting right there, but they've got computer monitors that yeah. are showing the room and they're watching the people. And when you ask for a hint, I was a little bit disappointed that they weren't following along with us. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, there's, at one point we asked for a hint. They're like, "Hold on," and I, I'm so like, "All right, we should get like however long it takes you to give us a hit. We should get that tacked onto our time." You know? Right. Um, which <laughs> you this know, is part of the deal that might have helped us, but yeah. um, and uh, we were like, spoiler alert, we did not succeed. Yeah. Um, what it all boiled down to, because we got to the last padlock. Technically, it was the second to last padlock. Because, but the, the opening this padlock would have given us definitively would have given us the combination to get the key to open the room. So we were on our last clue and it came down to two cards in a deck of cards that were different than the rest. And that was, we used up our final clue trying to figure that out. And And we'd already seen those cards too. Right. And the, the guy, that's all he gave us was, did you see that deck of cards? Well, there's two, two cards in the deck that don't look like any of the others. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yeah, thanks Sherlock. 
Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, yeah, the two cards that we do. Although, to be fair, at least for me, by the time we asked him that clue, I kind of stopped thinking about the cards. Yeah. Like, and that, that was, and which was dumb because there were obviously two cards with a corner snipped off that was definitely on purpose. Like, yep. it, it had to have meant something. Yep. But we'd seen so many red herrings by that point. But I was like, yeah, maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the dice were still in play. Right. We still hadn't, we still hadn't figured out if the dice meant anything. Um, so it was a good time to ask for the clue. And when we got the clue that it was for sure the cards, we were we were on it. It was that was it. And I think we had about four or five minutes left when we got to that point and we just we blew it. We blew the oh. time it, it the time went by like that. It was over. It was and, a I was gonna say it was a king and a queen and we were doing like letter number substitutions to see what numbers came up. Yep. You know, okay, K is uh, you know, this number K and G or K and Q or uh and we almost had it. We were on we had the right idea at one point, we just had the wrong Right. And with game. another another couple people standing around yeah, spitball because, because we were throwing everything against the wall. We were just trying to make something stick. We were every combination, every there were you know everything except what it really was is what we came up with. We, we were thinking blackjack, but we just should have been thinking sequence, and that was the problem. Right. But we had at one point we had the right idea. We had it. And we just didn't couldn't couldn't get couldn't it done see it from the right angle. But um, where I was going earlier um, for the escape room, the material inside is not high quality. It's mm-hmm. something. It's something that I could use stuff around my house. I could have an escape room in my living room in a day. I could put something together oh, yeah. and have it, it the same exact thing um, and charge people money. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I do this? This sounds like escape. a great idea. You could have an escape from my garage. Eh, you uh, got to cre- be really straightforward about what you're doing, though. Yeah, put that on Craigslist. <laughs> um, oh you want to escape from my garage? <laughs> they have two sets of two-way radios. They have... Uh, a whole bunch of money tied up in padlocks. <laughs> <laughs> Invested padlocks. Yeah, they've got thrift store junk up on the walls. Yeah, a lot of. I mean, the props probably cost them all told. Jeez, if it was fifty bucks, I'd be amazed. Yeah, it really, really cheap stuff. Really cheap yeah. stuff. Um, so I think that they've got a pretty good racket going on because I spent twenty dollars for an hour's worth of entertainment and I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah, I I can't fault them at all for it. That was money well spent in my book. I I liked it. Yeah. And we're gonna do another one. Yeah, yeah, we already planned. Probably a different company or a different because there's a few that popped up. Yeah, there's there's three in the area um that are fairly close by that will we'll give that a shot. Yeah. Different prices, different experiences. I do want to try one of the scare the the fear factory kind of ones. Yeah, that I think I would like. I want to try that simply because I don't know how I would act under like in the same situation if if the three of us were in a room where we were trying to figure out what we were trying to figure out today and then all of a sudden the lights went out and then, you know, they were there was ambiance. Right. It was creepy and they kind of yeah, stuff. just yeah, just yeah. some things that would ramp things up a little bit. I don't. I'd love to know how I'd react under those situations, just <laughs> because you know I know nothing's going to happen to me, kind of thing. But I'd like to see. It does have a sense of pressure, right? It does. Right. It would add. It would add something else. I'd have to think about because when we were in that room today, you know, I was uh, everything. I I was putting all my brain power into trying to figure out uh, clues 
And if I had to take 20% of my brain power and take it away from clues to pay attention to, you know, somebody <laughs> reaching at my ankles. <laughs> exactly. Through Don't the fog. I don't want to be touched. Yeah. Well, maybe I do. All right. We got another game going on right now. Uh, That's right. You guys do your thing. I'm going to be over here. <laughs> um, so highly recommended. And so, yeah, I was going to say, what, what would your, like if you no budget, what would your, or, you know, what, no budgetary constraints, what would your dream my, At least like um overview, what do you think? My dream escape room would be something much more like National Treasure. Um, I know it's sophisticated stuff, but like more use of a black light. So yeah. write things on the wall um, that you'd have to use, maybe unlock a black light in order to, you know, maybe unlock the batteries, unlock the light, combine the light, you know, view the clue on the wall in order to do something else so i would have done more <laughs> stuff like that which kind of like through a prism so reveals you know <laughs> put on special glasses to reveal right. the, or um i know you can't do stuff with open flame but there's a lot of those tricks with the lemon juice and holding a piece of paper up to heat and it'll reveal you know a clue and things along those lines i feel like you could do something like that you have a light behind you know a plastic barrier or something you could if you put the sheet of paper on that barrier something would appear you know right and maybe make it important or make it not important but um i would definitely um incorporate some sort of morse code um like put a book on a shelf that how to decode oh okay yeah you know what i mean i remember they did a show back when national treasure was fairly new and these amazing race reality shows were fairly new um they did one that was like this it was like national treasure where they had to cross the country and go to these different locations and solve clues and things like that and they started on a boat Hmm. and they had a group i guess they were in groups of four something like that maybe six and on the boat nobody really paid much attention to it but you could hear morse code coming over the the whole boat intercom and i'm i'm not ta- i'm not talking a small boat i'm talking like a a small like a yacht or something like that or like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like a ferry boat or something like that so they're all on this boat and over the speakers is it sounded like nothing but one guy perks up to it and he's like that's morse code that's our first clue so they scramble to find a book on board that has a morse code book that they can decipher it and then you know once they get onto the thing that everybody else is like what are they doing so they run over and they find a book and everybody starts doing it so it took that one it took that one guy to recognize that morse code is playing over the speakers so i would want to do something (laughs) something like that you know something like that they could have done something like that if when you use the phone, because when we use the phone, we use it twice. Right. Like, like they figured that somebody would get the code wrong because we, what was it? It was a goddamn it, goddamn it, goddamn it. Yeah. Yeah. It just, oh, like you said that, me and Rob are like, is it really saying goddamn It's like, you're like, listen. And you listen. Yeah. yeah so this guy's voice is going, goddamn it, goddamn it, goddamn it. Yeah. Which. And we spent, we wasted three or four minutes on that. So we like, all right, maybe that means something, maybe it doesn't. Yeah, we, Geo, we like, what, okay, GOD, that corresponds yeah. to what numbers. I was looking for a picture that had like a god or something in it, you know. Like <laughs> and it was it was just like, nope, you got the there's two choices for codes and you picked the wrong one. Yep. Now you're gonna yeah. do the other one. And that was an actual clue. So they could have had a Morse code going over for a real one. You're like, it's just a bunch of beeping. Oh Morse code. Um so, yeah, I those are the types of things that I would do in my escape room. Why about you? I would go 
full on one eyed Willie with that. Oh, like mechanical stuff, like, like weighing you pick gold. Up, yeah, like you would pick up like a key, you know, and stick it in a slot and turn it, and it would open up a hatch here or a bowling ball and run down a ramp, and you know, Rube Goldberg, the whole thing, you know, big mousetrap. Like I would love to see panels popping open and something fall from the ceiling that you have to move to this part and stick it in yeah. here just the right way. I'll, that would be so cool to me. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Weight the the scales would be really cool. So you'd have yeah, to like yeah. figure out the right combination of weights to put on a scale in order for it to level. And then once it was level, <laughs> it would open something else. That would be cool. If you get it wrong, a pit opens. Okay, we're down to nine people. Okay, we have to <laughs> right. like a hardcore yeah. elimination, like a trapped door opens. You go down a slide and you're done. You know, yeah, you're standing in the wrong spot. Yeah. Octopus waiting for you. Only if you have the deleted scene. <laughs> <laughs> um. So again, I highly recommend escape rooms. We are gonna do another escape room at some point. Yeah, um, that was that was pretty fun. It was one hour and change out of your life. Yep. And it was and well worth the time. Well worth it. And we walked away from there defeated. We did but, not we did not leave the room. However, that was thorough entertainment. And I feel like yes, we didn't succeed, but and we've kept harping on this, but I'll say it one more time. Three out of ten. If we would have had four or five out of ten, somebody else would have figured out the thing about the cards that we missed right or because once another... we got told all three of us were like son of a bitch i can't believe we didn't see that and then um we would have had more eyeballs on the um the trap door when the when the trap door yeah. opened for yeah we the, wasted uh, some time on that yeah yeah i saw mean, that for a good five ten minutes yeah so and again once we were in that jail cell that opened up so much we were cooking at that point if we had just gotten in there five minutes sooner I think that if we had if we had had five more minutes on that deck of cards, I think we could have yeah. got that. Yep. Okay. I was getting desperate by the end, doing all that math in my head with the numbers and letter substitutions, and I'm yeah. sitting there the whole time going, "There's no way this is it. This is crazy." Yeah. Like if I'm one digit off, that one, there, I fail. This is way too much adding, subtracting in my head to make this work. Yeah. But I had nothing else, and we're running out of time, so I was like, "Forty, fifty-one." With this experience. Many like it, but with this experience, what did you learn about yourself? I learned that I could do math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already knew that. Did did you learn anything about yourself, or is, was this just uh, one of those things that you go through everyday life, kind of solving puzzles anyway? It just so happened that you paid for this one, and there was a time limit. <laughs> I learned that our friendships hold up under very minute pressure, so that's good, right? <laughs> yeah, we didn't. I don't think we anybody. didn't turn on each other and start blaming each other. You certainly didn't. Of course, turn there was on each other. nothing on the line, and there was no stakes whatsoever. So maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah, but we we did not turn on each other. Like they didn't come into a bloodbath. And I guarantee you, at some point, if, I would have loved to talk to the guys that worked there. Yeah, been like, what have you seen? Like, have you seen physical <laughs> breaking this? I yeah, bet you anything they have. People yelling at each other and right. Shut up! I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'll kill. Like, what did you say that you've read reviews where some of these places had to change their, you know, like what the what the rules were because people were just ripping things off the walls. And oh yeah, smashing yeah. things open, breaking them open. And I can see if we had really wanted to get violent with that jail cell, we would have opened that. Like if oh, we, God, it was we a part of it. Like, just like, yank it on it, just do it. Yeah, uh, there was definitely, and to some extent, I almost felt weird about moving the barrel with the key around. Yeah. I almost felt like I shouldn't be doing that, but and we it didn't mean anything, so I guess technically we shouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel bad now. 
even the final key that actually opened the door, I feel like if you would have really yanked on it and really wrenched yeah. at it, you could have. It was only it. it was only about an inch away. Yeah, it was when, when you move when you pulled that close to the lock. It was only about an inch away. So, um, I yeah, with the final well, ticking down, we don't down. Have to resort to violence every time. We oh. resisted the urge to resort to violence. Yeah, none of us wanted to really break the rules in order to to get it done, yeah. even though there seemed to be opportunities here and there to do something to get something open. Uh, yeah. But otherwise it was just, it was, it was math problems. Um, if I had to say that I learned anything from the experience, it would be that it's very, very difficult to concentrate on a four digit number in your head <laughs> when there's a <laughs> clock ticking. Yeah. I mean, how many times, can somebody say the number is one eight five nine to you? You know, normally right. if somebody says one eight five nine, you've got it in your head. Now I'm getting worse in my old age. By I can you can say one eight five nine to me, and I can walk into the next room and be like, "What was that number again?" Now, I haven't said that. Was it one eight five two? What the one the of the phone? codes was it one eight five two or one eight five nine? I think it was one eight five two. It might yeah, it might have been one eight five two. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, right after that. Yeah, but um. When the clock is ticking and the door is locked and you've got to remember a number in your head, it's very difficult. <laughs> right. And some of that math was not like it was easy to get part of it wrong. Like you're doing some addicts subtracting a little bit of multiplication, but if you don't have anything to write it down on, yeah, you, you got to have to have somebody that can keep that shit straight in your head. Yep. Like I'm not trying to brag here, but I can see some groups coming in and nobody really having that ability to do that math in their head. Well, that word problem, the word problem alone was confusing, just confusing enough where it's like, am, yeah. I, am I getting these numbers correct? Because I mean, when we asked for the clue and then she told us, have you looked at the, what was the profit or whatever? And yeah. we told her the number. She's like, oh, very good. Like she was yeah. impressed or something. Yeah, she was like, oh crap. Now I got to give them something else. Yeah. I can't use that as a clue. So, and that's kudos to them too, because they have to, they have to at least know where we are. I mean, Granted, they had to ask us what part of, you know, what we did have and what we didn't have. Mm. Um, so, I mean, for, for the most part, they they know what order you need to do things. So, obviously, if they see us, you know, working on something on the camera, they can probably say, oh, well, you know, did you add those numbers correctly? Or did you yeah, find yeah. the animals in the mouse holes? Or maybe you should not be stupid and add those numbers again. <laughs> And you, yeah. one of the guys running it was British, so I feel like he was judging us, you know? <laughs> yeah, but we're American. He's British. He has to live with that. Yeah, that's true. He came here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, final thoughts. Escape Room Good. So, yes, Escape Room Good. Could have been better. I, I feel like even with a limited budget, you know, like I said, I had fun. It was great. And they did what they could. But even with their limited budget or self-prohibited budget, there's more things. Like the picture in the wall that opened up the door was cool. Yeah. They could have had a few more instances like that. Yeah. And even the mirror. Like look in the mirror and see the reflection was cool, too. They, yeah. if, with a little more imagination, they should they could have had more stuff like that. And it looked like those were some proprietary props, like the the magnet opening the hatch and the telephone. The telephone was definitely something that is like escape room specific. Yeah, you know what I mean. I otherwise I don't know where you'd go to find a phone that would say a certain phrase when you dial a certain number. <laughs> There's just somebody waiting on the other end. <laughs> just sitting there. Like the whole job all day. It's like oh, oh crap. God. Uh, God damn, God damn, God damn, God damn. <laughs>
God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. Um, so I had fun. We'll do it again. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on. All right. What we else do we have to cover today? Vault. Oh, that's right. We have, we have um, our Legacy Vault movies to discuss today. Mm-hmm. What movie are you bringing to the table? I am bringing the classic RoboCop. RoboCop. Well, I see your RoboCop, and I will raise you with aliens. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make me do this. I am. All right. All right. All right. Let's do so it. I'll... I'll tackle RoboCop first, okay. and I will say that I absolutely love that movie. I, yeah. I feel like it has a place in the Legacy Vault. Do I think it beats Aliens? No. Um, what is wrong with that movie? For one, the reboot, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't true. think was was bad. No, Just, it was. It was. I mean, it was cookie-cutter generic. There was nothing to write home about with it. Wasn't the original, I guess, is the best. Well, and something I can say about RoboCop is that it was satire that I didn't, you know, I watched it in the 80s when I was a kid. I loved it for its over-the-top violence. Yeah. As an adult, you look at it again, you realize how much little poking at corporate America and government and different stuff like that there really was. It was it was satire. That's The movie really was, and you don't realize it until when it first came out, unless you were an adult. Right. Maybe adults at the yeah. time that watched it did, although I have some doubts about that. I'm sure somebody did. But, yeah, but it, it came it it came along at a time when that's what movies were. Yeah, they, I mean, it was in the midst of your Schwarzenegger and Stallone bloodfest anyway, so it was just another part of that. Yeah, so good movie, great movie. Some, a lot of um, quotable lines. The quotable, I'll buy that for a dollar. I'll buy that for a dollar. Bitches that's, leave. You probably think I'm not a very nice guy. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. I love that line. Use it all the time, actually. But um, I think they that is they use a female for a hero in right? RoboCop. Yeah, sidekick more than anything else. She, you think she's a sidekick? Okay. Yeah, a little bit of a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, she's a to... she's a kick-ass female, but she's also the sidekick. Yeah. Um, in Aliens, we have a female kick-ass hero lead. Yeah, and Ripley is the archetype of female heroes. I mean, everybody refers back to Ripley and Aliens more than Alien, anyways. Yeah, which I I love Alien. I think that's great. That's a great. It's movie. also a different movie, though. Aliens is a straight up slasher horror movie in space. Yep. Aliens is a nonstop action badassness military <laughs> military uh, movie. So what's wrong with Aliens? Let's see. I dare you. I dare you to find anything wrong with it. I, I can think of something. I just got to think. I just got to... Just <laughs> okay. give me a minute. There's got to be something well, wrong with it. A lot of practical effects. That That is one of its good parts. I think... Um, Maybe some plot in, holes? Yeah, some plot holes. I think in some of the scenes you can tell they're miniatures, um, which isn't a big deal. I think that it was really hard back then and sure. to do what they did with what they had was phenomenal. But to today's standard, uh, I'd say that it's a little bit, it doesn't hold the best. It doesn't hold up the best to today's for standards effects. for effects. The thing is it doesn't, it also, you can't toss it out either. And that's no, right? no. And they just imagine what they, they had to create a whole world. They had to create all that stuff. None of it, not much in that movie is off the shelf stuff. Um, be it the weapons, uh, the ships, the vehicles, uh, the clothing, um, 
you know, I think that they were going for a style Vietnam mm-hmm. and I think that they achieved that by using a lot of those things. Like when you think of military guys going into battle, you know, the the pot helmets, the even the comms that they had were, yeah. you know, the Well, if you also think about it, when they first encounter when they first get ambushed, it's a bunch of grunts, American GIs going in and the enemies coming out of the woodwork. They're coming out of the trees, man. Yeah, they so, yeah. yeah. It's they they were definitely going for Vietnam style and they achieved it, but but it's you know they built they built everything and I listened to another podcast where they talked about um, they were given their gear and encouraged to mark it up. Oh yeah. So if you look to the to the keen eye, Frost has um, a name on it, and for the that name has made him in the aliens lore frost is gay because the name <laughs> on his, the name on his helmet is heath so the quick thinking there is that everybody else has got you know a girl's name or some sort of name or some you know something like that and he's got a man's name on his helmet so okay which one was frost was that the one that vasquez was buddies with no frost is the black guy but um I feel like we've had this conversation before because the sergeant not, was April. Yep, not not him, but the uh, the other black guy in the group. That was who was Where's Bowski? I thought that was Wisbowski is the guy that was with it was paired up with Vasquez. That's where no, that's not Where's Bowski. We're gonna have to go to the tape. <laughs> We're just gonna have to watch the aliens again. I'm sorry. That's Twist my arm. Darn, darn. <laughs> I know, I, I know that's not where Zbowski was because Wisbowski was one of the ones that first gets killed. Because somebody yells out, "Where's Wisbowski?" Which made me laugh. Is he the one? Uh, is he the guy that is carrying all the uh, the? I want to say he's the other black guy. Well, we'll just have to watch it. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, so right. uh, he explains in this podcast that he was writing Heather because that was his actual girlfriend at the time when he was filming. <laughs> So he was writing Heather, and he ran out of room. <laughs> so he wrote, he, "Screw it, I'm just gonna go with it." Yeah. Um, Frost is the guy that is getting ribbed on when they say uh, when they're talking about Octorian Poontang. Mm-hmm. Hey, it don't matter. Yeah, that Octorian was a man. It was male. It don't matter when it's Octorian. Remember that line? So yeah, yeah. There you go. Like yeah. So um, he's in the chow hall defending the fact that he had sex with a male alien. And I then the open up a whole world for aliens that it's never explored in any of the movies. Like you never see any aliens, right. but the aliens, you know? Right. Well, I mean, and they refer to it as a bug hunt, right? Like they've done this before. Yeah. Like they've gone on these missions before where they, is this a stand up fight or another bug right. hunt? Any other questions? Yeah. How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? <laughs> Don't that shit Hudson. <laughs> oh, Let's just, uh, Verbatim redo the movie. Yeah, love it. Get over, man. Get over. Where's the real pretty shit now? Uh, uh, so I'm voting for aliens to go into the well, legacy vault. Let me make a case for Robocop. Okay. <laughs> let me try. I can't think of anything. Like, this is funny to me because of all the movies that I watched and rewatched when I was a kid, it's Aliens and Robocop. And I had no idea you could pick Aliens. <laughs> like, me and my brother would watch Aliens, like, at least three times a month for a good solid few years and robocop just hey let's watch robocop again pop in the vcr oh hey well, you know what you got nothing going on let's watch robocop again we would re-watch that also robocop was closer to home for you 
yeah, you know, <laughs> I wanted to live in Rodney City. I want to live in Detroit. Screw that. <laughs> Delta City. It was Omni Consumer Products. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Omni Consumer Products is making Delta City. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just, it starts off like so hyper violent with uh, Ed 209. Yep. Shooting that dude up. And then it just goes, I mean, he's stabbing people in the throat. The, 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 but one of the greatest scenes in all cinema is when that dude gets knocked into toxic waste tank and he comes out all skid melty and stuff. Yep, yep. <laughs> that was so awesome. Yeah. Nothing's matched that. Yeah. And even the chest burster in the original Alien does not match that for like, oh my God, what am I looking at? And right. And it gets smeared. And then when they, when they shoot him, when they, you know, basically kill him before he gets brought back to life and turned into Robocop... That's a pretty brutal scene. Yeah, and that plays out so cool too because you get you get a real sense of how shitty it is to be a cop in Detroit. They have no backup. You have these criminals that are not just robbing places; they're murdering their way through, like right. slaughter. And then these two cops that are like maybe the only two good cops on the force or something, the only two go getters, decide yep. to jump it on their own, which is stupid. But you know they want to clean up Detroit. Hey, and then they just get annihilated. Yeah, and then the whole scene where he's stepping on his arm and he's like, I bet you don't like me very much. And cops don't like me, so I don't like cops. And no, 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 boom. Pulls yeah. up his hand. Oh my God. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I think that both films, if they have to suffer anything, it's they suffer of the times that they were made. Um, Robocop was big on practical effects too, though. Yep. Practical effects. Um, all these little subversive Easter eggs, like um, the commercial, the car they kept talking about that made reference to the six three thousand SUX or something like that. Yeah, said something like, you know, bigger is better, and now eight miles to the gallon. You know, just and you don't even notice that as a kid. I'm looking, I was like, eight miles to the gallon. Yeah, yep. and that was a comment on Detroit. That really was because that's all Detroit was doing was just like, hey, all these Japanese cars are going to give you much better mileage, but screw that, you're American, you deserve. The Eight shitty mileage, flashy car. Yeah. And that was like a big, and stuff like, um, you know, I'll buy that for a dollar was not funny whatsoever, but it was just this dude with, you know, slutty women hanging off him. And everybody universally loved that show because that was representing the death of American culture, basically. Like they had all these little subversive things to it that were just really cool when you go back and actually look at it. Yeah, I'm still with aliens. Yeah, me too. Though. I'm sorry, <laughs> you're right. I had, I tried, but you aliens did. is so perfect in every way. <laughs> Plus, and, we, and I have said this in a previous podcast, I am a huge H.P. Lovecraft nerd, and for me, Aliens is a recreation, a sci-fi recreation of Shadow of Rinsman, which is one of H.P. Lovecraft's top, that's for me tied with his best story ever. Wow. So We'll have to do an H.P. Lovecraft podcast. We're going to have to read up on it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to. There do are better H.P. Lovecraft podcasts out there, trust me. I would never do it justice. Yeah, but we could bring it to whoever our audience is. Sure. Oh, we could do some. Yeah, that's true. I'll work on it. <laughs> okay. We'll we'll save that for far future. So, trivia. So we're yeah, okay. So we're officially aliens is in the vault. Oh yeah, aliens is unassailable. And, and I think in order to maybe change the way we do the legacy vault is maybe we should gather a pool of movies uh-huh, and then okay. randomly select the movies, and then each of us chooses one to defend. <laughs> yeah, we could change it up. There we go. Simply because I I 
feel like we're going to come into a bunch of movies that mean something more to us. Neither than... one of us want to give it up or yeah. we each just agree with each other. We both we put both in the vault. We just Yeah, they know. both go. Everybody no. with the trophy. Um so trivia. I think it's my turn to go first. Okay. I think you went first last week. So, uh in Europe, they have some pretty strict rules about beer. Mhm. And the making of beer. They do. And what can be considered beer and what isn't considered beer. <clears throat> so I guess it's like Bud Light is not considered beer. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because, yes, it is. Uh, it, by, by these standards. But in Germany, the standard for considering something a beer, uh, it only it, uh, a beer can only consist of four ingredients. Now, the ingredients can come from different regions. They can be tweaked, mm-hmm. but a beer is a beer if it has these four ingredients. Can you name those ingredients? See, this is, you've, you've hit my, well, one of many weak spots because I enjoy beer. I am not a beer expert. So I can tell you, I'm probably going to like just butcher and embarrass myself with this, but. Well, there's nothing embarrassing about it. It's not, it's not easy. <laughs> I mean, I I'm trying to say what goes in a beer okay. what, in general. Start <laughs> so naming Okay, hops is one of them. That is that is one of the ingredients that makes it a beer. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing like alcohol doesn't count. <laughs> uh, well, where does the alcohol come from? Fermented wheat. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's just say that it's a living thing. Uh, yeast. Yeast. All right. And so hops and yeast. Or did I and, and you were close with the wheat. I, I say close. <laughs> well, yes, it's grain. Okay. Grain. So that could be malted barley. It could be all kinds of things. But grain, hops, yeast. And pure water from the Alps. Yes, pure water from the tippy top of <laughs> some the Matterhorn. So. From the Matterhorn, yes. So those and are the four ingredients water. of beer. Holy shit, is it actually real pure water? That's, am I right? I was kidding. <laughs> no, water, yeast, grain. So, so not necessarily elk water. Okay. No, it can be right out of the Mississippi if you needed it to be. Black water, keep on churning. Yum. Yeah, that's my trivia question. The four ingredients in beer, and I'm you got it. i surprised I got that because I really feel like a beer moron most of the time. I just know I like it, and I have very little tolerance for it. <laughs> well, nowadays, and especially in American craft beer, they're putting all kinds of bullshit in it. And I say that in the most loving way. I say bullshit. Uh, yeah. but I, I, say, I, I mean, love weird, crazy. Yep, yep. Something with some weird ingredients. but it, Sour beers. Love them. Um. A lot of Sam Adams does a lot of stuff with mm. they seek out ingredients from all over. Orange peels. Yeah, I was gonna say I have one right now. It's an orange peel one. That's it's not bad. But yeah. So the Germans would turn their nose up at it and say it's not beer. But well, is the German beer also room temperature? Like they don't want to serve cold or something like that. There are there are some beers that are that considered better at room. Temperature. I just. When I was in grad school, I knew a guy that went to Austria for like a, <laughs> oh. yeah, and he got, to, he was telling me, my friend about it, and he's all like, I will never drink American beer again. There's yeah. no candle to it. A, a bandwagon purist. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. All right. So my question, the, all right, I'm going to tell you this, the lowest grossing movie ever, and this is box office gross, not DVD sales or foreign or anything like that. This is in the theaters. How much it grows? Is this movie called Zizix Road? 
Still with okay. me? <laughs> I'm with you. By the way, I have the right here. It's pronounced Zizix. Yep. Came Didn't it make like $6,000 or $60? Well, that's that's going to be my question. Okay. Can you tell me how much it made within... I'll give you... I'm only going to give you like a $20 leeway. I, I want to say it's like $65. So is that your final answer? You my final answer is $65. $65. $30. Wow. In ticket sales. If played in one theater... For six days, made thirty dollars. Yep. And if you think about it, you're like, all right, fine. And it made forty technically, but the director had to refund. He refunded money to his like some woman that worked makeup and her friend went to see the movie, and he <laughs> gave her the money back. And it, it, it wasn't like a. It had Catherine Heigl and Tom Sizemore, in it, so it's not like a list celebrities, but people you know. Yeah. And I guess the guy's plan was, I'm just gonna, I have to keep the American rights to it or something so i had to do a theatrical release but screw it i'm not going to spend money doing it i'm just going to make the money back on dvd sales or whatever really but yeah, uh, i think i made a couple hundred thousand once they did the dvd sales and everything that is one of those box office mojo.com things that i have read before so yeah. and there's a whole like, like i'm looking up there's a whole list of crap movies yeah but i actually watched a few of these like, there's one called uh trojan war that yeah it kills me. I actually kind of thought it was funny when I watched it. <laughs> it was a weird ripoff of um, what was that one with Tommy Davidson and uh, Jamie Fox? Ah, oh, jeez. Where they're like just wandering around trying to find different ways to get laid. Like they have these, like Vivica Fox and some girl that they're hooking up with, but they keep sending all these stupid little errands. Oh, you gotta buy a condom. You gotta buy this. You gotta buy Saran wrap so you can go down on me. You know, different stuff like that. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Yeah, exactly. What was that movie called? I don't know. It was a much better version of it. Hmm. This one, Trojan War, was kind of a knockoff of that, but it was actually kind of entertaining. It had Jennifer Love Hewitt. I don't know. We should do soon. We should do your idea for the different tiered actors. Yes, I have worked on this. I have a whole Hollywood theory, philosophy, outlook on life paradigm to go through. <laughs> we should do that soon. We can do that. We should do that next week, maybe. Okay. One of these weeks, I want to do the uh, uh, movie movie making front to back. Start oh, to right, finish. right, right. Nuts, nuts. <laughs> Something with nuts, at least. Yeah, nuts. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's all I've got. So that's signing off is... You're Bob Scully, and I'm Frankenfurter. Frankenfurter. Mulder. Let's do the time warp again. <laughs> quick trivia. I know every word to every song from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I never realized that. That's impressing me right now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, if I had it on right now, I could belt out every single song. I have song. seen the whole thing one time ever, so <laughs> we're like kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum on this. That was uh, it's kind of a symptom of... When I first got a CD player, I had um, gift certificates to, I can't remember what it was, Record Town. It's, at one point in time, it was Record Town in the mall. <laughs> and I, I bought some CDs that were so uh, <laughs> weird, like weird for me. But I had a teacher at school that was you know, telling me all these cool things that I should get interested in pop culture wise. So I ended up buying... Rocky Horror. <laughs> I got I got a Rocky Horror Picture Show CD and listened to it over and over and over. And I got a Fantasia, the movie Fantasia double disc. Mm-hmm. So it really got me into classical music. A lot of a lot of it got me into music, um, movie music. So a lot of scores, soundtracks, and things like that. So I've always oh, been a go. huge fan of uh, like Hans Zimmer. 
um, and uh, some guys like that. Oh, right, right. Jonathan Williams. Jerry Goldsmith. Um, Danny Elfman. James Horner. Danny Elfman is a huge one. Um, he was big because he did... Uh, John the, Williams. Jeez, why am I forgetting? John Williams, yeah. John Williams, who is a god. <laughs> and um, Hans Zimmer is the new John Williams. Yeah, yeah. But uh, James Horner did the Aliens soundtrack. And, oh, you're back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I absolutely loved that soundtrack. Yeah. And listened to it probably once a month. I know we already put it in the vault, but I do have to say one more thing about Aliens. It has some of the most iconic sounds from movies, too. You want to know what sound from that movie that gets me? And it's weird, but I hear it every once in a while, and I really wish we had that sound at the jail, is the doors opening and closing. That hydraulic... It was oh, yeah, yeah. unlike any other sound uh, I just like the effect. The radar, the scanner sound. Though. Yeah, the the bleep, the bleepings, the blips. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> Although the, uh, I think a genius would make a million dollars if they made an iPhone app that that's all. It, even if it was fake, even if yeah. you moved I around, it's got to be out there somewhere. It's not. It's Trust be. me, it's not. And I told I told uh, Rob that um, the first thing I'm going to do when I get a 3D printer is I'm going to print one of those. I'm going to print <laughs> out one of those scanners. And I'm gonna incorporate the sounds into it, huh. the uh, the clicking, and then when it uh, when it finally goes off, they're in the room, man. They're <laughs> <laughs> in the room, man. Yeah. <laughs> so good, so good. Uh, anyway. All right. Signing off. Signing off. Dip me in your Monday milk. Dip me in your Monday milk. All right. Bye. Bye.